Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Powers, and I'm super excited for today's guest. He shares a wealth of years and years and years of being in this industry. He started out as a director of marketing uh, for a home improvement retail operation, then moved on to in-home sales with that company, uh, and then moved on to the other side as a product representative for Allside, where he was territory sales manager and currently holds the title of director of sales training for Associated Materials. Super excited to be able to talk to him today about just the basics of lead generation and what he's able to see with traveling the country and working with many different dealers at the basic things that people either get right or miss. So it is my pleasure to bring to you today, Andy Solomon. Hello, Andy. Hey, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing well. And yourself today? I'm great. Thanks for asking that. Yeah, great to have you on the uh, the show today, and uh, really excited to talk to you because I, I think we're going to have a great conversation. Uh, you know, when we talked on the phone the other day, you had brought up some very valuable points when it comes to, you know, just basics and lead generation that, you know, some companies have mastered and they've done really well, uh, but some companies are, are definitely missing the mark on those basics, and it's, it's really hurting their growth, and especially in times, you know, like with the pandemic, uh, when we have outside influences, if, if you don't have those basics down, it's really hard to exceed. So um, I'm, you know, super, super uh, excited to have you on the show to talk about those basics. And so, uh, you know, Andy, maybe tell, you know, the audience a little bit about yourself and kind of the, uh, you know, the ideas of the direction that you're coming from those ideas from the background that you have. Yeah, sure. So uh, 2007, I uh, started in the remodeling industry working for a local remodeler in the Baltimore, uh, Maryland area. And it was an entry level management position. I was actually managing a field marketing team. They were actually uh, working inside of local malls, working at kiosks. And I had about 11 kiosks. And uh, from about 2007 to uh, 2014, um, I worked there and actually worked my way up from that field marketing manager position all the way up to actually uh, running that uh, home improvement marketing department and, that, and doing some in-home sales as well. And then uh, just due to you know scheduling and wanting to do something a little bit you know different, I. Uh, Moved on to manufacturing, working for Outside, which is a vertically integrated manufacturer of vinyl windows and siding. Um, and I've been with Outside or Associated Materials ever since. Um, in 2019, I actually took on the director of sales training role. So now I'm responsible for training all of the territory sales managers who are out there servicing contractors every day, trying to help them grow their business. So uh, work very closely with contractors, seeing a lot of different marketing things work and fail, um, gotten to see a lot of different companies, who's doing it right, who's doing it wrong, and uh, kind of some of the fundamental things that they've done to kind of separate themselves from those who are actually struggling to, to make it happen in the, in the remodeling industry. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. You'll, you'll be able to get kind of a different look very much like, you know, myself or 
you know, Tony with consulting and, and getting a good look across the nation, you know, at the things that are working and not. So what is, uh, you know, kind of the first thing, that first basic uh, that you see, you know, people doing right and also see a lot of people doing wrong? Yeah, I think, you know, the first like fundamental basic thing is I people, uh, the companies that view themselves as a brand and uh, kind of have a set of core values, a look and feel to them that want to be, uh, you know, maybe viewed as a larger size company and grow into that are the ones that kind of start laying some of the, the foundational elements to uh, developing their, their marketing and their company's kind of look and feel. And the ones who uh, don't seem to get it or don't seem to break free from being like a small to medium sized company are the ones that don't have like a uniform look and feel. They don't have like a brand so to speak they don't have a message and uh it's kind of discombobulated between all the different uh pieces of marketing that they use if they even use pieces of marketing at all yeah absolutely that's i mean that's a great point figuring out uh you know who you are what you represent what that brand means uh you know in the marketplace and i I was uh, very blessed for uh, the three, you know, great companies that I worked for. Uh, they had that one down. They they were all branded well. They had kind of their their niche, so to say, that they stuck to. And uh, I think that the biggest thing about that point is, uh, you know, when times get tough, like they were for a little bit until people made the shift. And you know, some companies made a great shift and have done very well uh, through the last couple of months. But is having that basic foundation, like you said, who are you? Who are you and what do you represent um, and how do you get that message out to the consumer? So, yeah, that's that's a great first point, you know, for the listeners. If you haven't figured out your brand, what that looks like, who you are, you know, in your core fundamentals in your business, that's certainly something that uh, that you're going to want to figure out. Uh, and so what's the uh, the next thing that you see, Andy? Well, I see the next thing is then to kind of build off of that and you take whatever message that you have, who you are, that look and that feel, and then you make that uniform across all of your different marketing outreaches or, or communications. And I think it really starts fundamentally with your website and your website, having a website, a professional, modern looking website that speaks your brand, that has the look and feel of the company that you want to represent, that gives a good first impression um, to customers who visit that website is going to be really key and having you know trust factors built into that website making sure that your values are front and, and, and in, for, in the forefront making sure that it speaks clearly what it is that that you do and how you do it and really kind of create some differentiation as to why you know a customer or a homeowner would, would choose you because at the end of the day that website is going to be your hub everything that you do outside of that website is going to lead or point back to that website, which should ultimately hopefully turn into either somebody filling out a form on their web, on your website or giving you a call based on what they've seen from the website. Because now in 2020, everybody is going to check your website first. Then they're going to look for reviews second um, on your business. And if those things aren't aligned with your look and feel to the marketing piece that they received, whether it's at a home show or door-to-door canvassing or something that was mailed to them, um, when they go to visit you and look you up on the website, they don't feel that congruency or that uniformity and that message across the whole thing. Um, They're not going to feel that credibility and trust to actually give you a call. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And so you, you mentioned two parts there. You mentioned uh, the website and then also review. So I'd like to talk about the, the website first and then yeah. uh, definitely in the next point, talk about reviews. So, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of calls and, and you're fortunate enough to deal with a lot of salespeople that are going out to these contractors. And I'm actually surprised at how many, you know, contractors have out outdated websites or, or no, you know, no website, no at, website all. at all, <laughs> exactly. uh, you know, and, you know, and they're calling for lead generation help. And it's, you know, again, these basics that you have to have down, because if, you know, it, if you have, let's just go with door to door, you have a door to door marketer out there, or like what you used to do, the mall kiosk, right? You have a marketer out there in the marketplace that's created excitement with this homeowner. Let's say that marketer was top notch and just did everything that they were supposed to do with that customer. Uh, but then, you know, they take that appointment reminder form home. And one of the things I actually teach uh, in our methodology is, you know, that button up with that consumer. When you set that appointment, we want to direct them to the website. We want them to go there. Uh, done some studies in the past that we have found that when face-to-face marketers direct the homeowner to the website and they actually go to the website, you know, demo percentage goes up, closing percentage goes up because now they're also vested. They've done some work to make this happen also. Um, and so we want to direct them there well first of all if you don't have one or if it's very bad you certainly don't want to direct them uh to there uh but if they do go there like you said and it just doesn't jive with you know the marketer you know quickly their excitement goes down and so a lot of the time when we see that that back-end support of like the website isn't done right uh you know they can have very very low conversions for set to issue and and they're wondering out why and they, most of the time they want to blame the marketer on that and it's like well uh, you know, there's a lot of things you can do on your end to, to boost that up. So that, that's a, that's a really great point. Now, the second one you brought up was reviews. Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah. So I'm just going to build off of that first point really quick and then I'll go on to reviews because it kind of ties in together, but you know, the experience that you're creating for your prospects, your homeowners, the, you know, the, the, the leads or appointments that you've had set, that begins with that first touch, you know, whatever that touch is, right? And then that experience continues from there. So to your point, you're going to send them to your website. And then how does that, what's the impression that they get of your company based on that website? When I was selling in the home, um, you know, this is five years, five, six years ago, um, we pretty much at that time, our company, we maybe needed to do a little bit better of creating that experience. Uh, maybe, um, you know, the technology or whatever wasn't as popular as it is now, but we basically in that two hour window in the home selling had to uh, do everything, um, within that two hour period. And that was kind of create that trust, create that relationship and build that relationship and then present the product, find their challenges, their pain points, and then, you know, eventually hopefully sign, um, you know, a contract to do the work. Now I think that you can start doing and building a lot of these trust factors and start doing a lot of this relationship building before you ever send your salesperson into the home. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of that selling can happen on your website with like videos and different things like that. So the relationship building kind of starts on the website and then the credibility piece, you know, I remember walking into the home and having a printed list of, you know, the homes that, you know, that we've worked, that we've done around the neighborhood. Yeah, referral the list. 
Yeah, referral list. And then, you know, maybe you would actually call that referral while you're sitting there with the, with the homeowner and uh, and kind of get referrals in that kind of spot, which is, I think, a little bit you know, ancient now. I think some people still do it. But people are going to go online. They're going to look for reviews. That's what people do these days. Um, and they're looking not for the positive reviews. They're looking for the negative reviews first. That's the first place they go is they want to see um, what negative things have been said about you. So I think maintaining your um, online reviews um, and making sure that if you do uh, unfortunately gain a negative review, that you're doing everything you can to turn that around. Um, a, hopefully you're doing good work, but B, you know, we're in an industry where, where things go wrong and, and different homeowners have different expectations and, and they get upset over different things and sometimes it's not always perfect. So how do you handle that situation? And if it does make its way online, how do you kind of reach out to that homeowner, that customer, and try and make it right so that they can go back and maybe uh, adjust or revise uh, the bad review that they had left? And then the other key piece of that um, is if they're not going to remove it, then it's making sure that you're being proactive with your reviews and uh, have something built into um, the way that you're marketing. And maybe it's like um, after you complete the work, you're reaching out to you know homeowners, um, asking them how the work was and if they had a great experience to go ahead and share that uh, review online. And then you can kind of maybe push some of the negative reviews down or just overwhelm the negative with the positive and make sure that you're maintaining a good overall you know, impression. Yeah, again, some some great points there on the reviews, you know. And I was just talking with Tony last night, and uh, you know, we'd like to uh, a little sneak peek. We're actually going to try to uh, put together a study that really shows on you know reviews and what it looks like for different companies. In other words, you know, maybe a small company that has no reviews, or maybe even on the bad side of reviews, you know, how that affects you know issue rate, closing percentage, and average sale in the job to companies yeah. that, you know, have a lot of reviews in things. And, uh, you know, for the listeners, if you uh, go to, you know, Window Depot Cleveland, uh, which is Tony's retail business, one of the things that we've worked very hard on is that review side of the business uh, through our brand ambassador program. And you will see for a small retail business, he has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews. And uh, we're starting to get recordings now from people that, you know, call in, you know, because obviously, like most call centers, those calls can be recorded, um, you know, so we can, you know, look back and make sure that the marketers are and call center agents are doing what they're supposed to be doing. But, you know, we, we're starting to get a, a whole file of calls where they're calling up and saying, man, we're, we're calling you, we, we knew nothing about you, but we did a Google search. And man, you just, you know, you blow the competition away. You, you guys just, you look like an amazing company, you know, that's we found you because of that, you know, that's why we're calling you. So uh, that's just the power of what, you know, some great reviews, you know, can do. And there's there's a lot of different ways, you know, to get reviews. We have a, a system that uh, a little sneak peek again for the listeners. Uh, we're going to be uh, hopefully recording here very quick on our brand ambassador program and how to do that. But, you know, for uh, some of you guys that are out there that are maybe, you know, how do how do we do this website? How do we get reviews? How do we do these things? Uh, there are some great, you know, industry standard companies that can help you, you know, build those websites that, you know, and bring them up modern and that can, you know, help you figure out how to do, you know, reviews and referrals. 
Um, and, you know, we're one of those companies. We'd love to help you on the, on the review and referral sides, but there's, you know, others out there that'll, you know, do good work for you. So it's not something that you have to be the expert in, uh, but it is certainly something that you have to put some focus, you know, to and, and create those processes, like you said, Andy. Um, so yeah, reviews, big thing. I mean, if you're, you know, going into a home, you got a canvasser that goes out and knocks on a door and then they look at your website and it's old and outdated and you have two reviews, probably not a good chance, you know, that that appointment is going to happen. So, well, well, that's the kicker, you know, a lot of the review sites now, you know, they allow, um, the company to respond to bad reviews. So in the least, you know, you want to respond and, you know, do something to kind of help, you know, kind of smooth that over for the next visitor who comes and reads that review to see at least that the, the company cares and is active and has reached out and tried to, to, to make it right. But where I see a lot of companies go wrong is they don't even pay attention to the reviews, right? So we know that, you know, I forget the, the saying or whatever, but, you know, an unsatisfied customer is going to tell 10 of their friends where a satisfied customer might only tell one, right? So, right. A lot, a lot of people only go online when they want to leave a bad review. I think culture is changing to where people are more proactive and leaving positive. But a lot of times, if you make somebody upset, they're going to go online and leave a bad review. And if you're not paying attention to that, if you're not responding to it, and like you said, they, they look up your company and all you have is two or three bad bad reviews, they're not even going to call you. You're not even going to know the amount of business yep. that you're missing out on because you've never received the call. Yeah, and unfortunately, the bad reviews, you need to do nothing extra to get that one left. But usually with a good review, you have to have some type of, you know, very yeah. rarely do you go out and do the work to say nothing about reviews to the customer and they leave you a review. That's extremely rare. But if you're in front of them, you know, for example, with the brand ambassador program or some of these other programs out there to get reviews, uh, you know, you're able to go ahead and, and, and get those reviews and stimulate that, you know, for that person to come on there. And, and even still, when you do a good job and you stay in front of them, you still have some people that that don't leave the review, not because they don't want to, it's just they're busy and you know, they don't see how it benefits them. So there's a lot of ways that we help stimulate that law of reciprocity to, you know, to get them to want to yeah. leave a review for us. So yeah, that's, that's huge. So a little recap so far, we've talked about, you know, very basically figuring out who you are, what you are as your brand, how you're going to come to marketplace, you know, as a marketing and sales organization. Uh, and then once you've figured that out, how to create, you know, at least, uh, as the smallest part, getting a decent up-to-date website and then starting to build your reviews also to that go hand in hand with that website. And what would you say is kind of the next, you know, basic step for a company to take to get their marketing in line? I think kind of the next thing is like, is kind of starting to um, put the outreach out there. And, um, you know, this is going to be, you know, for me, I believe that you kind of start think of like a target is kind of inward out marketing i think if you have a brick and mortar place of business you want to start building um your brand reputation in your local market starting from the next street over from their business and working your way outward if your business is your your home uh then it's you know owning a neighborhood and then expanding outward from there um utilizing just some ground 
boots on the floor kind of uh, grassroots marketing efforts as far as you know direct mail. You have every door direct mail from the post office. I believe they're still offering uh, that service. Um, you have something as basic as putting a job sign out front um, and then doing ten up town, ten down knocking. If that's just you yourself as the owner of the company, knock on those ten doors up and ten doors down from the house that you're doing the work on. Put the job sign out in the street. Invest in some flyers. Put them on the door. Um, you know, if you can do direct mail marketing to that neighborhood, then I suggest you do that. Um, and then, you know, also make sure you're, you're building up your social profiles and this kind of a little bit of everything works. So just investing in a little bit of everything and kind of building from the from the in to the out as far as, you know, your marketing. I think owning your local market and building a brand reputation in your local market and then kind of building off referral business from that, you know, local market domination, I guess we'll use that word for lack of a better word, um, that can really help propel your business because we know referrals and then previous customers, those uh, leads that come from there is going to are going to have a much higher closing percentage. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and listeners uh, to this podcast, what Andy just said right there, uh, we're going to break it down just a little bit for you more, but that is that is gold, though. And uh, I'm actually working with a client right now that uh, is just starting out the business. It's been successful in other home improvement event, you know, adventures, um, and is is recently starting a new business. And uh, you know, this very ground floor, brand new, you know, business. And you know, they got the website. You know, they the first marketing position they hired for is a brand ambassador position. So someone that can visit those current jobs in past jobs to get reviews and referrals do exactly what you said. You know, the 10 up, 10 down. Well, at this time, they don't have enough, you know, installed jobs to do that repeatedly. And so he's actually going to canvas a little bit more than just the 10 doors. Uh, but they're also direct mailing just before the install, during the install, and then one time after the install, marketing pieces to like the 200 homes that border that job. And, and that's going to be the territory that he will knock. So you want to talk about for very low you know, cost, the impact that just what they did right there you know, can have. And you can even dial it back. Like you said, maybe it's the owner that's just starting out and doesn't necessarily have the funds to bring a marketer on is the one doing that, you know, and that's, you know, very simple. We can show you how to do, you know, that repeat referral brand ambassador type stuff and do those 10 doors and be very, very effective with it. Uh, I know of companies that are doing over a million dollars a year with just a single marketer running that brand ambassador program. And yeah, so, I mean, look, sorry, I don't mean to, yeah, no, go I ahead. Just, I just think it's, this is maybe a separate conversation, but this is kind of like the trap that I see the smaller companies get into and they can't break free because they haven't done some of this foundational stuff like figuring out who they are, what their brand is and how they want to be perceived in the market because they haven't in, you know, invested. And you have things like Square, Squarespace and uh, I forget the other one, Wix. Um, these are like low cost, you know, $25 a month. So this gets you a nice looking website anybody can get something up and running um and then um but the issue that these companies have is because they have not given that premium kind of look and feel to their company and that experience that 
they are forced to charge less for their jobs because they don't have much to compete on except for their price. And the trap that they fall into is because they don't, they're not really great salespeople. They haven't done a great job of building this premium look and feel into the company that would warrant a higher maybe ticket price because people feel comfortable about the work they're going to get they're you know they're showing up to, to the appointment looking like they just came off the job site they don't have truck signs they don't look professional they have to win based on price and because of that they don't have the money to invest to do what's necessary to bring on that brand marketer or to invest in outsourcing um, their referral uh, or review um strategy and they they just end up not growing and end up living paycheck to paycheck and that I think vicious that cycle fun, yeah that fundamental piece of hey i gotta charge a little bit more for this job i gotta be worth more to my customers so i can invest in my business and grow is one of the fundamental things that i think contractors miss out on yeah and so to, to break it down real easy good branding <laughs> and good marketing gets you higher ticket price jobs which allows you then to do even better marketing and better branding yes. which again gets you higher price jobs and then that endless cycle just keeps happening as opposed to what you just described where they don't have the extra dollars and they start cutting the marketing and then they wonder hey why don't we have any leads yeah, thanks for streamlining my thought process there. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, that's that's a great that's a great point though uh, to get out there. And and I, I'm a very simple guy, so I like things break you know broken down into the just the simplest, so I remember them and retain them. And that and that's a very great point there. Um, so all right, so we've you know we've gotten all the way through at creating your brand, your you know your website, your reviews, your referrals. You also touched a little bit on um, some social media there. And, you know, for the listeners, social media is something that might just take a little bit of time, but it's free to be on Facebook. Um, and just kind of a little tip, you know, some of the things that uh, Tony's done in his retail business is, you know, if you look at your town, if you talk about, like you said, domination of your local area, right? Uh, and so if you look at the, you know, the little town that you're in or the, you know, if you're in a bigger town, the neighborhood that you're in, a lot of times they have, you know, Facebook groups that are, you know, the, the moms of anywhere town, you know, whatever town it may be, or, you know, homeowners of that town or, you know, any type of those community type Facebook pages. And, and you can do fun little things, you know, of just, you know, hey, you know, guess what area our next job in or, or you know, hey, guess what, uh, you know, how many people attended, you know, the festival in our town last year and, and get a $25 Visa gift card for, you know, for lunch for you or something just to stimulate some of that marketing. And that's really free. I mean, obviously, if you give some type of gift away, uh, you know, to them, there's a little bit of cost there, but you can, you know, I mean, there's threads that have hundreds and hundreds of comments on them that are completely free. And you want to talk about what that does for dominating your local market space, you know, and again, it's free. It's I free. Love it just I takes love, a little time. Yeah. yeah. I love that you mentioned that, um, your town probably has like a local Facebook page and that you can go on there and, uh, get active or post something. Because I think another mistake that a lot of people make is they kind of take this, real broad approach to social media and they create their own company page and they think if they post there that all of a sudden people are going to come you know flocking to it um that's not really you have to take a more of a gorilla marketer kind of mindset and you kind of have to go and seek uh, little 
pods of, of activity that you can kind of get into and, uh, and create some exposure within um, and not try to tackle all of Facebook at once, but rather maybe just look at your local group as a place to start. I like that. Yeah. And then just looking back at, you know, the pandemic and what's happened is Facebook has actually been a, a great medium for a lot of these companies to market through. Uh, you know, they allowed some paid marketing on there uh, and it's done very well for just about anybody that I've talked to, you know, that again has created that brand and has that nice website and has some reviews, you know, because if they find you and they sign up for something, you know, like a sweepstakes or something through Facebook, uh, you know, they're certainly checking out who you are before they give you the information. So uh, you definitely have to have those things in there. Um, so any last little points that you would like to share on just kind of some basics of, you know, of marketing and, and branding for, you know, companies? Yeah, I, I think that you should try to outsource some of this stuff if you can. I think that's another area that a lot of smaller companies, when they're getting started, they don't have the resources. They're gung-ho at first, and they think that they're going to be able to do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they don't have the time. They have families. They have work. They're out there doing some of the work. Um being able to again charge a little bit more so you have the resources the the capital to invest in outsourcing some of these things like um review help or um, brand ambassador help or um, online marketing as far as you know facebook ads or um you know blog posts these kind of things or google google ads you know i think that uh, outsourcing some of this stuff is um, a good way to help scale as well. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And, and for the listeners, uh, if you want to go to TonyHody.com, uh, there's a, a form that you can, um, you know, fill out there with any questions that you might have for us. Uh, and if you're wondering about, you know, who are some of these, you know, companies and things that can help you, you know, with websites and or, uh, you know, social media, as well as, you know, repeat and referral and all that stuff, I, I would be happy to, to share with, you know, companies that we partner with that we know are going to do well and, and, and treat you well. And, and of course, some of that stuff we can help with. So certainly go to TonyHody.com and, and fill out that form with some questions you may have. And I'll, I'll get back to you and, and get those answers for you uh, just for being a, you know, a, a great listener of this podcast. Uh, so, Andy, I really thank you for the time today. And that brings us to the last segment uh, of the podcast called Power's Powerful Point. And what powerful point do you have for the listeners today? Yeah, you know, we, we, we had the prep for, for, for this, and uh, that's one thing I didn't totally, <laughs> you know, prep for. But I'm going to just reiterate um, a point that to make is that you really need to think about the customer experience, the overall customer experience that you're providing your homeowners. And that starts from the very first time they become aware of your company. What that, whatever that is, if that's receiving something in their hand or a phone call or online, making sure that you have their customer experience in mind and then building your brand look and feel messaging and then the core values of your business to speak to delivering an excellent customer experience for your homeowners, that's what's going to spawn you and scale you because you're going to get referrals, you're going to get positive reviews, and that's really going to be uh, the foundation to growing your business. Absolutely. Couldn't agree uh, anymore. Those are uh, some great points there. And again, I thank you so much for being on the show today, and I look forward to having you on a future episode. Awesome, man. Yeah, I got some more stuff to talk about, so we should schedule another one here at a future date. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Andy. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. 
for a free consultation on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.